Welcome to the Peregrine Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I am joined by the administrator of Crawley's Ridge Academy, Terry Austin. Terry, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for hosting and for the coffee and the water and whatever's in this bag oh, here. Oh, man. I'm excited it's going to be amazing. See. How is the coffee? Oh, is it top notch? What, what kind of coffee is that, by the way? That is Colombian coffee. Straight from Colombia. At least that's what Walmart says. It's mm. great value. So, Colombian coffee. Is it is it civet cat coffee? Do what? Civet cat. C-I-V-E-T. By the way, fun fact. Will you fact check this for uh, me? Yeah. I finished fourth in the Greene County Spelling Bee. And I think it was 1985. When? What year? Five no, or okay. six. Yeah, I was in the Green County Spelling Bee. Were you? Yeah, like in probably like '93. How did you yeah, get I'm in the Green County older. Spelling Spelling Bee? Do you know what word you went out on? Yes, tachometer. Oh, way better wow. than mine. My, I don't even want to say it. It's embarrassing. What was it? <laughs> um, <laughs> aluminum. What? And I put two L's in it. Oh, uh, that's golly. That's a stress oh. spelling. It was. As yeah. as I didn't even finish the word, and I knew I'd done it wrong. And I asked yep. if I could go back, and they said no. That's where they. That, I think that's wrong. It is wrong. Uh, second chances are. But this coffee, what is <laughs> oh, this sorry. a real deal? Yeah. So, uh, as what would you call it? Civet? Civet. C I V E T. Cat. It's some kind it of. It sounds like a club. It does, doesn't it? Like the civet <laughs> hands, but probably not. Let's don't mark them up with this. Um, so, the civet cat, some kind of jungle cat, as I understand it, eats coffee pods or whatever coffee comes in and. It actually passes through this cat system. The cat mm. leaves a pile in the jungle, and somebody picks Where out did you read coffee this beans. Is this uh, in the curriculum at CRA? Uh, <laughs> Stop. We, this is not that coffee, okay? I just, <laughs> Are you fact-checking the story? I, I, when you start the story with a jungle cat, a jungle cat, it just doesn't sound legit. <laughs> a jungle cat. <laughs> It's, it's many, really many, many jungle cats. I think it's Chester Cheetah. Really? <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> I'm right. looking at it. Wikipedia says it's true. Oh, well, there we you. go. All right, fantastic. Partially digested coffee cherries. Some listener it? somewhere, I guarantee you, is currently googling the same thing. Dude, Bob Branch great. already knows about it. Bob Branch, oh, I guarantee you that he's come back on. He's going to talk about the civet cat. I want you to ask him the origin he... of the civet cat with Bob Branch. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so well. I hope you're comfy. Hope you enjoy the coffee and the water and the gift that we have given you, um, and, and the company. You guys are great. Well, thank Thanks. you very much. I appreciate Thanks. it. So we have been around. Uh, we've been in the same room at least once, uh, <laughs> and, and that's all it took. It was with you, me, Shannon Beasley. I think Jamie Devault. I can't remember who else was there. Rusty McMillan was there, uh-huh. uh, and Shannon was just like having us do crazy stuff. Yes, and just as, laughing. He wasn't doing any of it. Nope, I remember nope, he was just as, saying, "All right, now rotate." You know, and they're going to the next thing, and it was crazy. He so, a PhD and do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> That's awesome. And so we didn't get a, obviously a chance to really talk then. So um, I'd love to just start with uh, learning a little bit about you. Kind of, are you from Paragold? Where'd you come from? And, and how did you get to where you are today as administrator of CRA? <laughs> Nobody knows the answer to that question. Um, no, I, yeah, I'm a Paragold kid from, from the get go. Um, in fact, my, the, the house I, came home to from the hospital my parents still live in you could throw a rock from the front yard and hit uh at least goodwill if not walmart depending on your arm so i mean just right there in the the shadow of of what used to be a big empty i guess bean field um you could you could see the old drive-through or drive-in movie screen you could see the top of it from our front yard you know you could see it like it was still around in the 80s oh absolutely we i remember driving by and seeing movies playing over there and man who's the history buff now oh no oh, wow. kidding yeah yeah bring it on bob branch i got gotcha. you <laughs> <laughs> 
Did um, you go to like it was still in use? It was. Oh yeah, very much so. Do you know where I'm talking about? It's about where Harbor Freight is yes, now. Yes, I've heard or, it kind of like behind yeah. that area. Yeah. Um, what I'll, movie do you remember watching? I didn't get to watch any. Oh. Because you never knew. You know, my parents were kind of like, mm, no, no, uh, no. We'll, we're not doing Jaws. Plaza Twin. We'll go Plaza Twin and that'll be okay. But, uh, but yeah, we're not going. Uh, sketchy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't so you know what it was. But. You grew up in that area. Mm-hmm. Grew up there. Um, I was a CRA kid. From early on, in fact, my mother was hired to work there in the principal's office, and it was a year before I was old enough to start kindergarten. So I did two years of kindergarten because they nobody else would take me. So <laughs> at four, I started kindergarten and then did a repeat year. Um, so you could say that I you started really CRA. good at your oh man letters and coloring. Terrible at coloring. Still oh, am. Wow. Still am. I was horrible. Huh. I remember the grades that I got in coloring. It was it was pretty bad. You can't win them all. No. No, you got to pick your, pick your <laughs> spots where you excell and, and go with Focus it. There. I'm still trying to find that spot. <laughs> so you are in CRA early. Your mom's there. Yeah. And then, like, what are you into as a kid? Are you... Trouble. Okay. Trouble. Were you a troublemaker? Uh, low level. Low level. I, I, you know, when you grow up in that atmosphere, small sure. little school, everybody knows everybody. Yep. Your, your mom is the principal's assistant. Um, I got in enough trouble... That I was scared from time to time, but not so much that I was terrified. So, you know, you're yeah. that low level trouble. Sure, a little low grade anxiety. Yeah. The principal, you, you might get a paddling, but then the principal's kind of tapping you on the back of the head on yeah. the way out. Our, our stories are a little similar in that way <laughs> because my mom was a secretary really? in Paragould School District. Ooh. And I remember specifically. And I, I would get in trouble. I'd like get moved around. Usually for talking, kind of like you said, like low level stuff. Yeah. And uh, I remember one time we had a substitute teacher that I, I guess, really annoyed, and she's like, "That's it, like Mr. Pitney, you're going to the principal's office." And I got there, and Fred Robinson uh, Ooh, was the principal at yeah, the time. Yeah, scary. Yes, and he was just like, "Do you want to paddle in or ISS?" And I was so scared of getting a paddle, like a paddle. Mm. I'm like, I'll take ISS. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and he said, you know, he just gave me like a little tap. And he's like, get back to class. And yeah. it was like that whole, you know, mom's there, but it's like, you got to behave. So, yeah. yeah. I know that world a little bit. Uh-huh. Yep. That was, that was me. I, uh, and it's, it's funny that my mom was the principal's assistant. Um, the principal, Sam Jenkins, he's, he's no longer with us. His daughter, Kelly is about my age. We went to school together. She's now the administrative assistant in the office next to me. Mm. And so from time to time, we're swapping stories about, you it's know. It's all come full I'll, circle. Yeah, and I'll say something about, man, your dad would have just beat me senseless over that. <laughs> I don't think he ever beat me one time. But uh, it was almost like an extra dad around, you yeah. know, just come on, son, you know better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it, how many kids were in your graduating class? Uh, I think about 20, 19 or 20. Okay. Yeah, and that's... You know, for CRA, that's that's a decent sized class even yeah. today. What year did you graduate? Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Love every minute of it, or was there ever a part where you're like, man, I kind of wish I was at GCT or Paragord? Was it just always right for you? You know, I think the grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. I think every kid, no matter where they are, get, sometimes thinks, what would it be like if I went? Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, I can look back and say I didn't need to be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would have gotten myself in trouble just by not knowing the lay of the land. You know, mm-hmm. just out, out CRA was home and it was home before I even recognized that mm-hmm. it was home. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was, I was 
perfectly positioned where I was. Looking back at it, what do you appreciate the most about it now that you're at the age you are, realizing what you had then? Same then as now for my kids coming through. I've got one who's already graduated and uh, three more that are there now. And it's small enough that you know everybody, that everybody knows you, Mm -hmm. that if somebody sees you going off the rails a little bit, they'll call your parents and tell them themselves. Mm -hmm. Small enough that if you choose to be involved in basketball, soccer, chorus, quiz bowl, all of it, drama, you can do it all. You can be involved in every stinking thing out there, and we're going to make time in the schedule for it to happen. Mm. You know, there's there's no I have to focus right here because of the sheer size of the place. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can get this full experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's that's beautiful. I think that there's you know we've been homeschooling for uh, the last few years. My wife was a high school English teacher and. It was around COVID whenever we'd kind of kicked around the idea of homeschooling for a while. And then whenever things shut down, we just, you know, with COVID, we did it and yep. just never kind of went back. And we've gone back and forth on steel, like public school, private school, homeschool, all that kind of stuff. And um, there is something beautiful even in our little co-op that we're a part of, of kind of whenever everybody knows yes. everybody else. <laughs> and and um, yeah, it's certainly a benefit to it. So I'm curious, you graduate high school, what did you want to do? <laughs> What was what was the, what was the what was the dream? The dream would have been um, sports writing. Oh. I remember writing on a college uh, scholarship application that I wanted to coach a national championship team and then write about it in Sports uh, Illustrated. Wow, man! Yeah, yeah I didn't do that. goals. Goals. Yeah, and so to accomplish that, I went to college, goofed off, and dropped out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean okay. that seemed uh, like by, the, by, by yeah. what age? That seemed like the plan. When were you done? At what age were you like? Well, well I, at least at that point, <laughs> uh, I kind of made these uh, halting attempts. You know, start, stop, start, stop. Oops, yes. I might be sick. I need to drop out this semester. Totally, that kind of stuff. Pace yourself, man. Don't overdo it. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> you're under um, a lot of stress when you're 18 or 19. That's right. What pop tarts am I going to eat? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm glad somebody understands this. This is why you're in the ministry right here. <laughs> I understand That's you. It. I feel your pain. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I know at some point I just decided that I was smart enough that I didn't need college. And so I entered the workforce. By that point, I think I was working. My wife was in college. She's smart enough to just go and do college and mm-hmm. be done with it. Um, somewhere along the line, early in our marriage, we've got a one-year-old, two-year-old. I lost my job. Mm. What were you doing at the time? Selling copiers. And by mm. selling, I mean not selling copiers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I mean no disparagement to anybody in sales or anybody who's selling copiers. God bless you. It's it's tough stuff. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it, and some people are really good at it. Um, not me. But um, I lost my job, and I, call, I, had to, I had to do that thing where you call your wife. And there's, a, there's a line in some... Some song, uh, it's a few years old, contemporary Christian. Yep, I know it. And he's like. He's on a train. He's too ashamed to tell his wife that he's, he's out lost of work. his job. Yeah. He's out of work. Yep. Uh, Brandon. Brandon Heath, maybe. Brandon Heath, he's, that's he's it. He's still going. Fact he's, check that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets up every day. He's going, he's riding the train or a bus or whatever it is because he can't tell his wife he's, he's actually lost his work. Yeah. Lost his that, job. Was that, that a surprise to you? I know that feeling. Well, a surprise in that the guy just called and said, you know what? I think I'm done with you. Oh. And here's two weeks pay or what? Yeah, maybe. I think he gave me a printer. 
maybe. <laughs> Here's an inkjet printer. If you can sell you. this, you'll be able to feed your family over the next three weeks. If not. <laughs> Print some broccoli, son. It'll, it'll be delicious. Man, that um, had it. So what was, uh, what was that like? <laughs> it was exactly what you would think it was like. I mean, I had to call her at work. She's at work, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't uh-huh. not tell her. You didn't want to so, wait until you got home? Well, I should have. I should have You waited. were probably like I was pretty overweight. shaking up. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Two little ones? One That's little a, one. A one little one. one. Little okay. One. And so to her credit, what she said was, you need to get serious and go to school. And so I did that and wow. succeeded at it that time. You know, and, and where was uh, school at? Was it CRC? A state. A state. Okay. A state. Yeah. Well, I had I had finished at CRC in some of that starting and stopping we referenced yes, earlier. Sure. Um had a few courses under your yeah, belt. Yeah, a little bit. But but not terribly serious Racket about ball, any like of that. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh I was on the varsity racquetball at CRC. Um so so yeah, I, f- I finished a journalism degree in like two thousand three or four, you know, 14 years after high school graduation. So, and yeah. so at that point, what are you thinking? You got to so the, the dream was still there from when you were 18. Mm-hmm. Like journalism was a big deal. To yeah. You. Yeah. That was back when, well, I almost said back when newspapers existed, no offense yes. to daily press, but you, you know, yeah. print media is not exactly the, yeah the thriving uh, concern. It is used that to what be. you saw yourself doing was working for a newspaper? Yeah. Now, I've always loved writing and, uh, um, and still from time to time we'll, that's a little bit of therapy for me from time to time. Like, but, what are you, when you're writing now? Is it like fiction, or are you like no. journaling? What are you doing? Uh, anymore, it's uh, an occasional blog or email for our folks at school. Okay, that's about the all, all the time I have. Because yes. Jared, oddly enough, <clears throat> having successfully completed school in 2004, let's say, um, when I applied for this job at CRA, they were looking for, and I, I, I you told me off air that that you're going to be interviewing some superintendents or already have. Um, I'm not a superintendent. I'm a guy that fumbled his way into a journalism degree. Uh, When our school was hiring, they were looking for somebody to kind of grow the nonprofit side. They weren't looking for a school administrator per se. They're looking for somebody to take a nonprofit and develop it and help it grow. And so they hired me with a bachelor's degree in journalism. They heard how good you were at selling the printers. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like, if there's anybody that could sell this school. Uh, uh, how, how long does this thing last? Uh, Are we almost you done? Can, you can cut it off if you want. <laughs> Rapid um, fire. <laughs> um, so as soon as, almost as soon as they'd hired me, um, and, and they had gotten assurances that they had their ducks in a row as far as qualifications, our school's accrediting body said, you know what? That guy needs a master's degree. So right now, I'm actually in school again. Wow. I mean, for what? I'm in grad school for a master's in public administration. Okay. Which would qualify me not to run a school, but, you know, maybe <laughs> to uh, to do, you know, something along the lines of uh, running a nonprofit or working in government. Uh, you know, I think Barry Davis may have a yes. master's in public administration. Yes. Um, some something along those lines. So the day to day operations of what you're actually doing right now, what does it look like? Like from where you sit, like what is your primary job and then the tasks that are before you? <laughs> Every day, and and this is some similarity to uh, working at a newspaper is that every day you think you know what you're going to do, and then you realize by eight thirty how totally wrong you are, and so it, every day is kind of like this scatter shot of oh. 
I guess we're going to deal with plumbing today or, mm-hmm. or school security or, or whatever crosses your, your, your plate. Um, the way I kind of try to divide things is um, I spend a lot of time thinking about how to raise money and how to spend money. Mm-hmm. And if an academic concern comes up, I lean real heavily on the guys who are trained to do that at CRA. And that's uh, our principals, Wayne Freer and Eric Haygood. Hmm. I didn't know Eric was a uh, principal. He is our assistant principal. We graduated principal. together. Did you really? Yeah, 2001. Oh, Eric Haygood's a good guy. Hmm. A good guy. Yeah. yeah, I've not talked to him in such a long time, so it's crazy. Like, I forget, like, yeah, about the people you graduate with and the paths they take. And so mm-hmm. that's really cool. I know he was teaching out there, but I had no idea. Yeah, we he moved into administration last year okay. and did his first year as our – he really focuses on 7th through 12th grade. And really connects well with those kids. By the way, I should say Wayne Freer's a great guy too. We're yeah, kind of course. leaving him out yeah. just because you didn't go to school. I, just, with I him. didn't go to school with him. Yeah, I'm sure he's so, great. Well, we'll never know, will we? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then the day to day, then you said the big chunk of it is fundraising. Can I say that? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And so, like, how do y'all? How do you? How does a private school make? Obviously, you have tuition mm-hmm. that the kids are paying. Is that the big bulk of how private school supported? And then you're just raising extra funds for whatever. Right. right. Um, I haven't run the percentage lately, but uh, 70% up is what, you know, your tuition has to cover at least 70%. Okay. Ideally more like 85 to 90% of your operations. Um, if it doesn't, you're going to be fundraising an awful lot. And um, then anything on top of that, you got to buy a bus, you got to, improve your gym, whatever you're going to do, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to be raising money for that as well. So, yeah, we spend a good amount of time doing that. We, we, uh, we, our students do some of that work for us, uh, a couple of events through the years mm-hmm. that our students, through the school year that our students help with, and then some of it is just um, talking to friends of the school, people who are interested, people who maybe graduated and uh, – and or have kids or grandkids coming through now that that say, "Hey, we like what we see. We'll we'll invest, we'll help contribute." Yeah. And what is the vision that you're laying before them? Like you go and you sit with somebody. Um, let's just say it was me. Like you knew that I was able to somehow help provide financial support, but I don't know a whole lot about the school. Yeah. And you're sitting like, what is, what are you telling me about the school to help me get an understanding of like how my money is going to be used yeah. in a beneficial way. Yeah. So a few years ago, we kind of crystallized what we try to do into four words, building leaders, building followers, private school, uh, Christian school. Um, we want to build leaders, meaning our kids are not going to suffer academically. When they get out of 12th grade at CRA, they're going to be ready to go to college or if they choose to go in the workforce, not just go, but to excel to lead in some capacity, whether that's in career or college or both, yeah. um, they're going to be ready to go, not just in the class, but at, at or near the top yeah. of their and, class. And I'm curious on that point. Um, how, what is it that y'all are doing to try to ensure that happens, that you're building leaders? And the reason I ask that is Robert, and I've talked about this before. It's like public school for sure is under scrutiny right now. It's like, are we really preparing these kids for the real world? Like seriously, like I know that we're preparing them to take a test. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but there seem to be a lot of things um, that you need in the real world that aren't even being taught. And at, at one point, this may not be true now. I mean, we're gonna have superintendents on. We got great schools. Please don't hear me like 
we're not bashing our schools, but public school, public school by and large is kind of a gross kind of stereotype, I guess. It's like it just doesn't really help you get ready for life after school. So I'm curious, when you say that building leaders, I love that. Is there something that, that as far as you can tell that y'all might be doing a little bit different as far as like curriculum or is it just the personal more like, you know, one-on-one touch? Like is it yeah. a combination of those things? Sure. I'd love to hear. When we walk a family through, like <clears throat> we're going to walk your family through mm-hmm. because you said earlier that you're homeschooling and <clears throat> we know that you want to be at CRA. So next week when you come out for your tour, we will um, we will talk. I'm there. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on your students really secretly about, am I going to be there? Go ahead. No pressure. Um, uh, there are trade-offs. You know, the things that public schools can offer now, uh, they are mind-boggling. 3D printing and and Mm -hmm. GIS spatial technology labs and all this stuff, we're not there. CRA is not there. Um, We don't have the resources for that. And so you kind of look at that and go, man, I wish we could offer everything that our public schools do. Mm -hmm. And you're right. They are great. If if CRA existed in a county where its public schools were lousy, you know, that's a a different ballgame. But we've got great schools with great people in them. And I'll I'm going to chase this rabbit for a minute. <clears throat> we're a Christian school, and we do. We're we're not ashamed to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We're also aware that our public schools are loaded with Christian people working in them, mm-hmm. and they may not be able to be so overt mm-hmm. about how they minister to kids. But I know they're ministering to kids mm-hmm. in those schools, and so um, I, I always want to be careful to to say that, sure, yep. uh, and acknowledge that because my goodness, the work they're doing is every bit is valuable and sometimes more valuable than what we're doing because mm-hmm. they're catching a kid in a crisis moment and they're able to minister in some quiet, subtle way to, to them. Uh, that's, that's a wow moment, you know. Um, as far as us building leaders, I, I referenced earlier being able to do so much. You know, you can get so much experience and you may only get an inch deep in something, mm-hmm. but you at least know I've got a skill or an interest in that or <laughs> it turns out I'm a terrible actor. Maybe that doesn't need to be my... My focus, um, the 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 one-on-one time that you get with a teacher, the the fact that you're getting to know not just your English teacher, but every teacher in our school, you're going to see them over and over and over again, almost like another set of parents. Mm-hmm. So that you've got these people who are deeply invested in your future, mm-hmm. um, and they're seeing your skills and abilities and helping you grow those. Um, they're helping you discover your interests and your strengths, not just teaching so that you make a certain score on the standardized test and they look good. They're helping you decide who and what you want to be. Mm. And then, honestly, the secret sauce to me is parents. People pay money <laughs> on top of the tax money that they're putting into the public mm-hmm. school. They're going to pay tuition to put their kids here. That generally means they're going to be highly invested as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for for everything we do during the school day, so much of it's going to fall back on what are mom and dad or grandma and grandpa doing at home to help uh, follow up on what we've done during the school day. And so what you're talking about there, I guess, is just even culture, right? I mean, there's like if I was there with my kids, like it's going to be pretty clear to me like, oh, everybody seems to be pretty, all these parents seem to be pretty involved in what's going on. Like I probably don't need to be on the sidelines here. I probably should do the same thing. Yeah, Yeah. there is a, a positive peer pressure element to that of, of, uh, you know, there are some parents that we don't know well, we don't see a lot of them, but by and large, if we have an event outside of COVID, of course, Mm -hmm. um, we see 
all of our folks show up and they're mm-hmm. networking and and you know we talk about growing at CRA we always want to grow mm-hmm. but we don't want to get so big that we lose that family connection of you walk in a place and you know just about everybody in the room yes you know yeah so how do you balance that because we talk about that even you know obviously outside of the podcast some people don't even know that that I, but I'm a, I'm a pastor of a church and we're talking about that a lot of like here's kind of a certain size we want to be at and if we get above that size we want to plant sort of new church so that we're trying to keep a smaller feel yeah. but like you also don't want to like turn people away and it's like so I'm curious how do you balance that of like we want to grow but we don't want to like outgrow our culture and our values and yeah and I don't know the answer to that because we're not there yet yeah. we're we kindergarten through twelve. We have about this year probably about two hundred and seventy students. Uh, that's increasing uh, over the last couple of Where years. Where was that? Whenever you were there in the eighties, probably or not? It, it may have been back then. It may have been around three hundred. Okay, and we've gone. So through, it went uh, down. Yeah, and we've then... been through a little bit of a valley, and we're heading hopefully back towards a peak again. Um, you know, you get. I would say you get around four hundred students. Our building is pretty close to full. And you may be pushing it at that point. We'd love to find out. So that's the building leaders part. Tell me about the, the building followers. That's the, that's the part where we get to be more overt about what we do. You know, every day is, is uh, Christian teaching, Christian life modeling, discipleship. We're building followers. We're building mm-hmm. people who are, uh, you guys know the statistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a kid hasn't made that, that life commitment by the time they're, they're getting their driver's license or certainly graduating, more than likely they're not making that commitment. And so um, being intentional about getting those kids into opportunities where they're learning facts about the Bible, but they're also learning about ministry and mission so that ideally we'll be at a place where kids graduate, they've made that life commitment, and they're ready to take the next step. They're ready to contribute when they get out of high school whether that's Christian college, public college, or whatever's next, yeah. they're ready to go, and they've got a faith that's going to follow them. That's fantastic. Are you are you trying to help raise or, or build followers through, is that primarily, again, like just through Christian curriculum? And if so, like, what does that consist of? Is that just like you're having Bible classes while you're there or chapel? Like, how does that? Both, and, and a lot of it's atmosphere as well, the culture. Okay. Yep. But, yeah, every kid every day is going to have – a 45-minute Bible class. They're going to have a 30-minute chapel. Um, there's going to be those those public recognitions of a prayer at a meal, uh, a prayer at the beginning of a class, those kinds of things where you're like, okay, I see they're being intentional about what they are and what they practice. But so much more of it is just being surrounded by people who are modeling it, people who are treating each other well, people who are um, doing what they're supposed to do, kids who are doing what they're supposed to do. You know, there's so much uh, ministry that happens kid to kid in mm-hmm. our in our place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just being in that culture yeah. day after day. Well, it's huge. There yeah. are, um, there's a book that we read uh, a couple of years ago. Renovated was the name of it. And it was written by a guy who's, I guess he's, they call him a neurotheologian. But there was a, which would be a great title. I don't. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. What's a neurotheologian? Uh, I, I don't know either. It just sounds cool. <laughs> Something about the brain and theology, I guess. But then they... Um, that, would you add that to my title? Yeah, please. Administrator. Administrator slash... Are you looking for it? Neurotheologian. There it is. Renovated. Yep. And then wow. there was a follow-up book to that called The Other... Or what was it called? The Other Half of the Church. Other half? Yeah. Other Half of the Church. But what they... 
it, I'm, I'm coming back to your point. <laughs> they talk about how most Christians are half-brain Christians, and they're saying that that we, you know, so you got a right side of the brain, left side of the brain, and they're saying in the left side of the brain is where you hold facts, right? Uh, and there's all sorts of science that goes into all this, and none of that's disputed, but it's where it holds facts, reasoning, all that kind of stuff. This is maybe a little bit of an oversimplification, but still for the point, like it makes sense. Then the right side of the brain is like where you have feelings, it's where relationships, the capacity for relationships happen, all that. And what their big point is, like, the whole Bible is about a relationship with God. That's what even salvation is about. Like salvation is not just about forgiveness of sins. Great, I'm forgiven of sins. Why does that matter? Because now you can have a relationship with God, the one who's the source of all that's good and beautiful and true. So what these guys are laying out is um, if you're going to help develop, you know, build followers or resilient disciples, full-brained or whatever disciples, you've got to focus on the left side and the right side. And traditionally, the church has just been like left side. So you just need another Bible verse to memorize. You need another fact, another <laughs> yeah. book to read, and that'll get you set straight. And they're saying, actually, no, it's about the culture. It's about a relational culture. And so they say there's four things that you that has to be, four ingredients that has to be in a soil, uh, whether it's a family, an organization, a church, four ingredients that have to be there. And if they're not there, kids will not grow up to be like resilient disciples. And so the four things are the first one is joy. And so they have this this whole teaching. There's there's a lot of and you can go research a lot of this. We now know that the number one thing that every kid is looking for when they're born is is they're looking for joy, and joy is found whenever you know that someone else is happy that you're with them. Hmm. And so that's why a kid will lock eyes with their parents at an early age, even you know in feeding or whatever, because they're wanting to know like, are you glad? that I'm in your life. And it's why there's also so many verses in the scripture about God's face shining on you, shining on you, shining on you. So they're saying that it's very important that a kid walks into an environment where the teacher or the parent or whoever, the leader, by their face shows we're truly happy you're here. And they say that joy builds an incredible amount of resilience, uh, a lot of resilience to kids. And the second one is what they call hesed love. Hesed is just a Hebrew word, but it's a side of unconditional love. And so it's just kind of this idea of like, man, like we love you not because of what you do, but just because of who you are. And then the third one is uh, group identity. And so literally instilling in them, like this is the way our people act. You know, here's our identity. Like here's the way we live. And then the fourth one is healthy correction. And so healthy correction is not just like in your face, I point, but it's like coming alongside. That's a really long explanation to basically say, I just want to say to you like that culture piece i know you you said that now you probably believe this but i think other people need to hear that as well it's a lot more important than we think it is yeah because i think what people usually ask when they're like hey how do you build healthy fault they what they want is the left brain stuff yeah dot 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 dot, dot. and the culture seems like yeah okay whatever yeah. But the culture is very 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 important in that yeah. process and i'd have to confess <clears throat> that probably spend way too much of my time thinking about how can we do the left brain thing? Yep. How can we sure. rebuild our curriculum yeah. and make sure that our kids are getting the facts and the knowledge? Oh, that's important. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. while you were talking about that, I had a, I was reminded, we talked about Eric Haygood a minute ago. Um, I sat in on um, a conference he had recently with a student and uh, it was a discipline issue. And uh, it may or may not have been one of my own kids, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the middle of this conversation about how hey, you did this wrong and this is going to be the consequences, Eric says to this kid, I love you and I want what's best for you. Mm. And I, I was like, just, it, it just really rocked me back because mm. uh, every one of our teachers and administrators 
would feel that and would say that. Mm-hmm. I had just never heard it before. And mm-hmm. for that to be expressed in a discipline meeting, I thought that's that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty special. Yeah. You know, and he meant every bit of it. You know, he did. He, I know he loves this kid. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic example of creating that type of culture that's needed for yeah kids to grow to yeah. flourish. Yeah, that's a that's a hallmark at our place from you know preschool on up. Um, we've had pals in operation. That's our preschool since uh, had to be the mid seventies. I, I missed out on it, but you know, lots of other folks have, have been in on that as well. I was uh, in on it in the mid eighties, the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. much younger you are than me. I graduated in 99. Wow. You know, it hurts. You guys have such good <laughs> heads of hair too. I know yeah. that's kind of lost gray, on the podcast, yeah, but you guys have so much hair. <laughs> it won't be long. Uh, I'll have to be shaving it because uh, it's migrating backwards. <laughs> so, so you were a Miss Pam kid. Uh, yeah. Miss Pam was uh, my leader. And I know your kids came through pals they about did. some of them the same time as mine, but yeah. Uh, yeah and, and so you might be able to speak to it that over there, same thing. You're growing up in that culture of, of teachers modeling and teaching it says yeah. something to the, the culture that she's still – is she still – Oh, yeah. Oh, she's my goodness. Still, That's amazing. She's still going, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Yep, the director of PALS. Well, that says something to the culture yeah. you're building there. Yeah, and, and you don't – you know, a, a Christian school, all teachers are underpaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, private school teachers are criminally underpaid. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, our salary scale is, is quite a bit lower than, than a public school scale would be. And yet we have teachers who have put in, like Miss Pam – 30-something years. You think it's because they said it's a calling? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That is, it's not a job to them at all. It is, it is a calling. And uh, there, there are folks that... And there's a different quality of work you're going to get, not just in education, but anywhere someone feels they're called to the task. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say I can't think of a single person on our faculty or even our staff who is there because of the paycheck. Mm. They're there because they've bought into what we're doing. So that is it a struggle? Do you find it a struggle to recruit staff? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. And, you know, this is something we haven't acknowledged yet and it's 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 certainly worth talking about. It's from its from its origins in nineteen fifty three, CRA has been a school um, overseen by and affiliated with Churches Church of Christ. Christ. Yes. And so yeah. uh, in that charter, in that development, our especially our teachers are members of Churches of Christ. And yes. so you've got that puddle is is pretty small to begin with, and then finding qualified, willing teachers within that oh, yeah. puddle is even more of a challenge. Well, so. I mean, man, I've taught. I was my wife, you know, like I said, she taught in uh, taught high school English, and that was one of the things we talked about. Is just even this last year, St. Mary's had uh, or Father Josh, who was there, had reached out to her about, you know, would you be interested at some point coming to St. Mary's? And then the kids could come, and we kicked that around, and that just ended up not being the right timing. And yeah. then we had recently even talked about, like, well, hey, what about, you know, CRA? Cause she loves teaching, loves it. And, I mean, godly woman, like, incredible, loves kids. And because yeah. we're not a nomination or whatever, it's like, yeah. oh, you wouldn't fit into that. So I would just think, yeah, you are pulling from a much yes. smaller pond or whatever, fishing yep. a much smaller pond yep. as a result of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that the, the ones you get are there because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, I think that shows. Yeah. Well, I, I'm i impressed with what I've heard about CRA. Um, have enjoyed being able to spend the time with you. I know that there's – 
you're like me. We like the self-deprecating humor and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, you're there for a reason. That school believes in you for a reason. And I've heard great things about what has been going on. And, and I have no reason to be anything other than optimistic about the future. And so uh, I do appreciate you coming on. But what I want to do before you leave is what we do with every guest. And that's uh, uh, we give you a list of rapid fire questions. If you're up for the task to what? answer these questions. <clears throat> what happens if I don't answer promptly? Oh, is there a buzzer? Do you uh, have a buzzer? Uh, it's actually under your seat. You know, I'm yeah, be careful. You'll find out soon enough. <laughs> okay. So first question. Here we go. Ready? It's like top five answers. Have you asked somebody uh, else and can I guess their answers? You can. I ask every guess. So you can answer this whatever you personal. want. There's no it, wrong answer. I don't want to make it family feud style. So, no, so you're not question. competing against anybody. Yeah. Top five answers on the board. Here are the questions. What's the last? Whatever. That's what you want. Josh Ag read. Ah. I can. Oh. I can pretty much guess. Making it. You're gonna oh. make this podcast take it to the next that, level. Hey, <laughs> note to self. That was yeah. Let's put that down. That's good idea. But for now, that's okay. not what we're All gonna right. do. Fine. Tried to distract you. <laughs> that was my gift in school. Let's distract the teacher. But I never got uh, the lesson. <laughs> yeah, I know that game well. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so first question: What is it? The last movie or show that you watched, or if you don't really do the whole TV thing, what's the last book that you read? The last book I read was called Real Statistics. That probably doesn't count because it's part of my grad school curriculum. It counts. It, it, it makes you sound me. smart, too. It, it makes me sound good. really smart, but the truth of that is I didn't understand a word of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not well. a word. So they start mixing letters and numbers together, and somebody's going to have to answer for that on Judgment Day. <laughs> I want to be there when it happens. You know, Of all the many things I've done wrong, whoever decided numbers and letters belong together, yeah. there's a special place for them. Oh, I'm with you. Um, so let's say the last TV show, my wife and I watch on and off um, Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah. Ancient. Yeah, you guys yeah. are You just familiar. want to keep going back to that sports journalism That's stuff. Right. You're like, That's right. Absolutely. Um, is it, by the way, to, to go back to that point, it probably says something about me. I think good. Others may not agree, but I think good. My hero when I was a kid was Richard Brummett. I wanted to be Richard Brummett. Yeah, we've had him on the podcast. Yeah. In fact, you know, Richard Brummett goes to Florida for spring training with the Cardinals, sits in the Seriously. dugout, talks to Daryl Porter. I mean, that's the life I want. Right he there. was living the dream. Yep. I'd, I'd still like Richard Brummett's life. He's a pretty good fella. He's a good dude. Yep. Richard's a good dude. Favorite band or favorite genre of music? Oh, man. Um, old person music. I'm, I'll, I'll find that... Uh, that station that plays Gordon Lightfoot and James Taylor and, and that kind of stuff, and I'll be fine. Excellent. Yeah. James Taylor's good. That's yeah. a good one. Gordon, nothing on Gordon Lightfoot? I don't know uh, anything that he's he's compiled. I don't either. Man, I feel old. I'm, Very a, I'm uh, writing him down. <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot. All right. I'm going to listen to him this afternoon. Right. Jackson Brown, he's great. Jackson Brown. Do you have to write that down too? Uh, Jackson. I'm out. I'm done. I'm, <laughs> rapid fire is over. Check. <laughs> what is your favorite meal? Your skinny jeans, Pastor. That's what That's you are. That's the problem. Oh, man. That's the problem. I'm sorry. Favorite meal? Yeah, favorite meal. Or we could talk about skinny jeans, fashion. <laughs> that was a low blow, and I apologize. Not, well, it was just, literally a low blow. I feel old, and I'm just lashing out <laughs> at everybody. Raging. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, it's all good. Favorite meal? Yep. Oh man, see these these things. I have kids, and so I don't get to choose anything anymore. Mm. Um, don't say chicken nuggets. No, no problem there. I promise okay. I will not. 
Um, my favorite meal is probably something, uh, you know what I'm going with? It's a, it's a meal I'll never get again. Like my grandmother, either side, either grandmother, I can pick a meal that she prepared, that they prepared, and one of those would be my favorite. Any meal? Any meal they fix, but especially like uh, so. Let's go with uh, let's go with Mima Jackson. Favorite meal from her would have been like a cube steak, mashed potatoes, gravy kind of thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Apple pie, blueberry pie. Either oh, one she can make a good pie. Oh my goodness, she can make any pie for our family uh, get-togethers. She made like twelve pies. And nobody, nobody learned the secrets. Not perfectly. No. Wow. Blueberry was my favorite. Apple was right there with the the the. The crisscross braided mm. crust on the apple. Man. Unreal. And Just then, sitting there eating that and oh, yeah. dreaming of going to the drive through That's right. Movie. That's right. And then Grandma Austin, can't leave her out, uh, a Thanksgiving meal with, she had this old pan where she made um, dressing and the edges got real crunchy yes. on the sides. Yes. Don't pan. be bringing that crock pot dressing on no, here. No, 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 no. Soft stuff, soggy yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Get yeah, that out. Amateur hour. <laughs> that's what that is. I'm sorry to anybody listening to this. It likes crock pot. Teach but, the wrong. Yeah, but still, you've got to speak the truth. Yeah, but seriously, yeah, yeah. you need to change. Yeah. <laughs> Turn or burn. <laughs> um, well, okay. Yeah. Very good, man. I'm, 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 I'm hungry. Uh, what is on your nightstand right now? My son, um, he's seven. He's a senior this year. Made me a uh, Lego mm. thing of of um, Lucy with her little the. Doctor is in booth from Peanuts, you know, Lucy, oh, Lucy Van Pelt. Uh, yeah. Lucy. I don't know the last name. Let me write that down. Uh, write that Lucy down. Van. Fact check that. <laughs> Lucy Van Gordon Pelt. Lightfoot Civic and Jackson Cat. Brown. Um, but, uh, you know, the, doc- the doctor is in her little booth where she gives out medical or psychological advice. How so big that, is your nightstand? Well, this is a tiny little thing. Oh, okay. He made it, yeah. He made I was it. envisioning. That would be great. And I keep meaning to take Lucy that to Van work. Pelt. Lucy Van Pelt. Golly, good Do job. I get some points Never for that. that. Yeah, yeah. I three points right Are there. you a big Charlie Brown fan? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Excellent. You bet. I am. Right on. Uh, that's very kind of you. Is it your son that did that? Yes. That's very thoughtful. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was bored. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. So it's just an ordinary moment. Nobody else maybe looks at it and thinks it's spectacular, but to you, it brings you a lot of joy. Mm. Um, so about, I don't know, a couple months ago, I, after many, many years of saying to my wife, I want a fire pit, I want a fire pit, I want a fire pit, uh, we have this enormous backyard. I finally, one hot day this summer, went back and just started digging. And any project like that with us, can be labeled a divorce project because I have absolutely no skill. I have these great ideas, but when it comes time to do practical whatever, it's a disaster. Nothing's going to be square. Nothing's going to be right. She walked out there, and I'm digging in the yard, and I I think at that point I was setting the first level row of blocks. Um, And she, first of all, she scared me to death. She walked up on me, and I had the airpods in and is that what they're called airpods yeah man is that what your kids call them? yeah that's what i guess what i call you fact listen to your old man music <laughs> obviously gordon lightfoot just screaming just, in the yeah. um and uh so she snuck up on me and terrified i mean like a person my age that can be a, a that can be your really, last be last Lethal. practical joke right there um so um 
anyway, she she just looks at this thing and she goes, "Honey, that's not level at all. Aww. Just eyeballing it." And so I step and back said, and Thank look. Thank you so much. That's for exactly me exactly <laughs> what I said. Yes, and exactly what I was thinking. Um, so yeah, so I backed off. Anyway, long story longer. Finished the fire pit and just sitting out there, the mosquitoes eating us alive, the heat, the humidity, the malaria, all of it. Um, but just sitting out there doing nothing, you know, hearing highway traffic and noise and all the other stuff doesn't matter. Just, just being out there. That's cool. That's it. They say that men are 75% more honest around a campfire. Oh, how do they know that? Uh, how do you? Where's the I don't study? know. How do you? How do you know how to get to the moon, Terry? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've thought that many a time. By the way, how do you get to the moon? Can you imagine being the first guy on that that ship? Being like, we've never done this Are we before. Sure, yeah. shoot me up there. I actually have thought about that. I'm I pretty impressed about, with the courage. I think about takes. it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Those are the kids who are jumping off the roof when they were. You know, oh, they've yeah. got to be. Yeah, like their threshold for fear is oh, way yeah. beyond where ours is. Yeah. yeah, and and a low level of common sense. Probably, <laughs> probably a lot of book smarts, a lot of engineering yeah. genius. Yeah. Oh, absolutely dude. no common sense. Uh, I can't remember who was the first person they they sent into space. Oh gosh, who was it? What Gordon no. Lightfoot? Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably Buzz playing Light on the radio. Is what you're thinking of? <laughs> he was playing on the radio. <laughs> That's Pixar. Um, Whoever that was, I was listening to a podcast several years ago, and they had asked this person a question like, what did you do the night before? You know, I guess they sent you in quarantine for however long, and then you're sent out. But like the last day that you're at your house, what did you do? And he said, I painted a room. Buzz Aldrin? I think, it, I, I think it was actually it. Buzz Aldrin. One of those, like painted a room. And I was like, painted a room? Yes. Fact it's just another day. Yeah, fact check that one. But it's like, <laughs> what you're talking about are just like, yeah. high fear, and then like, you're not even thinking about, oh, I'll paint my room just yeah. another day before I get launched in this space. <laughs> All right, so last question. Here oh, we go. there's another one? Yeah, yeah. this is it right here, man. This hurts. This is a good one. Okay. What is the one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? Mm, the one thing mm. that I'm deeply grateful for. Um. <laughs> You know, I told you the story earlier about my wife just saying, go back to school. You got to go back to school. You got to do that. Um, just to not overshare too much, but we're coming out of a stretch right now where my stress level was, you know, through the roof. Mm -hmm. And I was not the most pleasant person to be around. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that probably won't be the last time that happens. Um, and she handled it. She didn't, mm -hmm. she didn't, uh, she didn't scream at me, throw anything, beat mm. me senseless, all of which I deserved. Mm. Um, but she just handled it. And so just knowing that I've got a place to go home to that mm. is, you know, a safe place and I get the freedom to mess up and mm -hmm. find my way to being forgiven and accepted. Um, kids who tell me I'm grouchy but but love me anyway, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's probably it right there. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Thanks so much for making space to come on. So oh. I really have enjoyed being able to spend time with you. I hope we get to, to do it again, maybe round two. Yeah, next week? Yeah, uh, not next week, but okay. you know, we'll, we'll do it very soon. Okay. Very soon. <laughs> I, I, I think that you guys can make me some space back here, and I could I could heckle and contribute. I bet you could. We do need you in here for that. Too. I think uh, you we guys would are, never get through. If yeah. it was us three and then somebody else, it would – 
We would but never does that matter? Is no, it really, it really about doesn't. the person sitting where I'm sitting? That's no, a great it's question. Not. That's right. It's, it's not. about you two. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, it's, about, it's about the listener. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that. Uh, Sorry. I went off script for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Stick yeah. to the template we gave you, would you? <laughs> so, no, seriously, man, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a, a lot of fun for me, and uh, I truly am excited about things you guys are doing. So, well, thanks. We, you, you guys and anybody else can come see us. We've got a great uh, uh, woman who uh, can tell you all about CRA, walk you through the place. Uh, let you know what's what. Uh, her name is Amber Oxley. Uh, you can track her down online easily. So okay. if anybody's interested, I have to get get the plug in if I can. Absolutely. Anybody's interested in learning more about CRA, um, just look us up online, crafalcons.org. You can find us all over social media. Uh, and Amber Oxley is the person to track down. Or you can, you can find me, and I'll just point you to Amber. Yep, and we'll be sure and have the website linked in yep. the Great. show notes. So Thank yeah. you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And that was Terry Austin. Terry, thanks so much for coming on. And hey, as always, to the listener, thanks for tuning in. It really is all about you. I promise, no matter what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He's a lot of fun. I enjoyed uh, getting to hang out with him even uh, before and after the podcast. Good stuff. Um, Hey, seriously, if, if you've not checked us out yet on our different social media platforms, please go ahead and do so. We are on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Instagram. And if you've not done this, go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating there. That's not just to give us a pat on the back, but it just helps people to find our podcast more quickly and learn about the incredible people who live right here in our city. So as always, we really do appreciate you listening. Until next time.